0: Privilege to be back with you, preaching. As you can imagine, and you've heard, uh, the second word is peace. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture that you probably don't identify with the Advent season, but it captures everything that we need to know and understand. For the Prince of Peace has come, and it's not like the world's peace, but it's a peace that takes over our hearts and floods our lives It gives us great uh, peace with the Lord and with each other, peace within the heart. So hear the Word of God read. I'm reading from John 14, verses 25 uh, to 27. And I say to you that this is the Word of the Lord. These things have I spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the joy that we have in coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ during this Advent season. We thank you for the hope that we heard about last week. We thank you that it's not a wish or a think or a guess, but it's the confirmation of who we are in Christ because of the resurrection, the certainty that Christ rose again from the dead, and that we too not only have a sure and certain hope, but we know that we'll be with him for an eternity. So as we look at this next word, peace, we thank you that it follows in the train of hope and peace and joy and love, and that you would give us a greater understanding of what it means to be at peace with the Prince of Peace through his shed blood, and that what that means for us day by day, moment by moment, We cry out that you would have mercy upon us, for we are in a time of chaos, in a time of great anxiety. We're in a time of fear. And we do pray, O Lord, that we may have a greater understanding from your word what it means to be at peace. Hear this, our prayer, for Christ's sake. Amen. I've never seen in my life as much turmoil, anxiety, or fear that we've witnessed as a nation over the past year you could rehearse what i'm going to rehearse right now i'm sure who could have ever imagined coronavirus a pandemic face masks social distancing no hugs no handshakes only hand washing and sanitizers no groups of 10 or more Uh, what Privilege it is for us to be together now in worship. Not only the pandemic, but a precipitous drop in our economy. Um, businesses were looted, set on fire. We can't imagine what it means to not understand what quarantining does lockdowns, businesses closed, jobs lost, schools closed. Not only have we witnessed in the past 12 months a pandemic, but a precipitous drop in the economy, but we've also seen a score of protests, riots, businesses vandalized, set on fire, police attacked, and all of this As we awaited a presidential election, and the outcome is still not determined. And Georgia's fate is the fate of our nation, for we will vote soon for two senators. Now, if this isn't a cause for anxiety and fear, I don't know what is. So I identify with what I know you're going through as I open the word of God to you this morning. In the context, we see very specifically that there's good news in this passage of Scripture, John 14. We see that this is the last week of our Lord's life before he was crucified. Jesus is telling his disciples that he will soon leave them, but will send his Holy Spirit, the spirit of peace, and that we are not to be anxious. We are not to be fearful. We are to be at peace within ourselves, with our God, and with those around us. So the transition from the context of where we find this passage of Scripture is very simply the great Christmas story that is the promise of God's foretold by the prophet Isaiah. This fulfilling was some 700 years after the prophecy was made. Later in the little town of Bethlehem, and the angels declared glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. We've been raised, or a number of us, on a different translation, the King James translation. We know peace on earth, goodwill toward men, but it's not the best translation. The best translation is peace among those with whom he's pleased. We heard read Romans 5, 1, and for those of us who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what we understood, read in English. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we're in Christ, because of what he's done, we're justified, declared righteous in the sight of God, and we have the guarantee of the Prince of Peace who would dwell within our hearts. And so the promise of a true and lasting peace is only for those of us who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are a Christ follower, this promise, this is a guarantee so full of hope and encouragement in the midst of our current turmoil. Linda and I have a big decision to make. We have tickets to fly to Dallas on the 11th. We've not seen either of our families. One lives in Dallas, another Lives in southern Indiana. We haven't seen them for a year. We haven't been able to hug our granddaughters or our, our grandsons. And yet there's anxiety for us to think in terms of walking through that terrible Atlanta airport and uh, standing in mobbed lines in order to get onto a Southwest flight. Uh, what will we do? Well, we've purposed to lay before the Lord uh, our anxiety, our fears about the virus and who. Uh, we may be near and catch it since we think we're virus-free. We're going to make a decision, a final decision, tomorrow morning. So you can pray along with us that God will direct us in what we should be doing. We haven't gone to Indiana uh, for a year. We thought we'd go to see our two granddaughters there and our second daughter, Missy. We've tried three times. First time... The coronavirus hit. Then we thought we'd be able to do it in the summer. No, we couldn't do that. Then we do it in the fall, couldn't do it then. And now we have plans to spend Christmas with them. But we're not sure what we're going to do. So I ask that you would pray for us that we would have wisdom once again and that we would have peace in the midst of turmoil, that we'd have peace in the midst of anxiety. So it comes right back home to us. And this passage of Scripture being very, very meaningful. We see this passage of Scripture broken down, or not this passage, but the passages that I'm going to read for you. Into a promise was given in the midst of turmoil. So the theme is turmoil. Promise was given in the midst of turmoil. The promise was fulfilled in the midst of turmoil. And the promise is a reality for us today in the midst of turmoil. So the first point is the promise was given in the midst of turmoil, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Hear the word of the Lord. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. It's a prophecy from Isaiah. It's the second of two prophecies. The first prophecy from the prophet Isaiah was to Ahaz the king, as well as the second. But it's found in Isaiah chapter 7. The context is that Ahaz is about to go into battle with the northern kingdom, Israel, and their compatriot, Syria. Ahaz knows that he's in trouble. He is anxious. He's fearful. If God doesn't show up, God says that he will. Trust me, Ahaz, trust me. Ahaz can't bring his heart around to trust the Lord. And so Isaiah the prophet was sent to him and said, claim the promises of God that you will be victorious. Isaiah said, be careful, become calm. Ahaz, don't be afraid. Ahaz continues to be fearful, not trusting the Lord. Isaiah says a second time about trusting the Lord. This time he says, ask the Lord for a sign. Ask him for a sign. And Ahaz says, I won't put the Lord to the test. I'm not going to ask the Lord for a sign. Isaiah says, God's going to give you a sign. And this is going to be the sign. And this is familiar. It comes from Isaiah chapter 7. A virgin will conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. The prophecy was fulfilled in the first chapter of Matthew, that the Lord Jesus Christ was born. He was God with us in the flesh, the incarnation. And so we have the first and second of those prophecies laid before Ahaz. It was prophesied in the midst of turmoil. Secondly, we see the promise was fulfilled in the midst of turmoil. Uh, Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. Hear the word of the Lord once again. And in the same and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So we had the prophecy fulfilled 700 years later in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was a time of turmoil in Judea. They were under Roman rule. The Romans' will and ways were carried forth. There was a peace in the land, and yet there was still anxiety because Caesar Augustus had proclaimed a decree set forth that he would uh, ask for a census to be taken. Every male throughout the whole of the Roman Empire was to go to their birthplace and to register for the census. It was determined how many were in the kingdom, but it was also to determine how many men he would have for military service. Why did it cause anxiety? The Jews... Uh, were not required to serve in the Roman military. They had a deal with the Romans. And yet here, Caesar Augustus is starting to change the playing field. He's asking for a census. that would be for taxation. But he would perhaps change the rules and would bring those Hebrews into his service. It was a time of turmoil. And the angel appears. As uh, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, Fear not, the angel appeared to the shepherds and said to them, in essence, very specifically, Don't be afraid in the midst of this time of turmoil. This is good news for you. So as you reflect back on the promise in the midst of turmoil, we're in the midst of turmoil. As you refer back to the incarnation when Christ was born in the midst of turmoil, we're in the midst of turmoil Where's the peace that's beyond our understanding that only God can give? And so we see, thirdly, the promise is a reality for us today. In the midst of our trials and tribulations, we see John 14, verses 25 through 27. Hear that word of God once again. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. As I read over this passage of Scripture, uh, what jumped out to me was don't expect the world to give you peace or you can chase down peace in the midst of your turmoil through many things and think that it would last we know in the lockdowns the tragedies that we're hearing of suicides the tragedies that we're hearing of abuse within families the tragedies that we're hearing uh, over and over again of the, the compelling evidence that We're in a midst of a changing world. And so not as the world gives. The world gives temporary peace, but only God can give a sure and lasting peace. The reality is only for those of us who have come to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. When we have received him as our personal Lord and Savior, he has forgiven us of all of our sins and he has clothed us in his righteousness Not only has he forgiven us of all of our sins and he has declared us righteous for his own sake, but he's also given us the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace that God has given to us. Those of us who know and love the Lord have this great understanding of a peace in the midst of turmoil that will be given by our great God. Let me ask, when you came to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, was it a time of crisis? Often it is. Often the Lord gets our attention in the midst of crisis. And so for those of us who are not only hearing here, but those who are hearing uh, this worship service uh, over the internet, I, I ask you about your peace at this time and what you base your peace upon. Is it upon the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself for you? Or is it upon something that you can manufacture yourself? We see in this passage of Scripture that our Lord says to his disciples, I'm going to leave you. Had no understanding what that meant. He had told them over and over that he was going to die, but that he would be coming back. They had no concept of what it meant for him to leave and to return. And so they were becoming more and more anxious when he would say that. Peter even said to him, don't say that, Lord. And our Lord had to rebuke him, for it was to fulfill the prophecy that was found in the Old Testament, that he would be the lamb without blemish who would be given for our sins. One of my favorite authors, and reading his commentary, J.C. Ryle, on this passage of Scripture, says very specifically, Peace is Christ's peculiar gift to his people. He seldom gives them money or worldly ease or temporal prosperity. These are, at best, very questionable possessions. They often do more harm than good to the soul they act as clogs and weights to our spiritual life inward peace of conscience arising from a sense of pardoned sin and reconciliation with god is a far greater blessing this peace is the inheritance of all is the inheritance of all believers whether high or low rich or poor and so we see very specifically that those of us who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of our own trials and tribulations. Trials and tribulations that our Lord told his disciples that they'd be going through. He said, it's not going to be a life of ease. You will have challenges. You will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will have anxiety. Yes, you will have fear. But I have overcome every single one of those things. Like King Ahaz. Do you believe? Are you depending upon your own abilities to weather the storm? Ahaz wouldn't trust the Lord. The Lord had to knock him over the head and give him two signs, awesome signs, prophetic signs, that were fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have, 21 centuries later, the great joy before us of knowing the prince of peace. In conclusion, uh, and the application, my questions to you are these. Are you anxious? Are you fearful? And if you're a confessed believer, why are you anxious? Why are you fearful? There's plenty to be anxious and fearful about. God's promise of peace is as good today as it was 21 centuries ago. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that is near and dear to many of our hearts. It comes from the Sermon on the Mount, We see very, that doesn't come from the Sermon on the Mount, it comes from Philippians. I'm sorry. It comes from Philippians chapter 4. But we see, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My thought reverted back to the Sermon on the Mount when our Lord told His followers, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything because I've overcome the world. And then we see Paul in Philippians saying very specifically to us that we're not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? To be thankful for the trials and tribulations that we're going through, the anxiety and the fear. But he says... Give thanks in everything. And then lay your request before me. Lay it before the Lord. And as we do, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep guard over our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. As a young boy um, in a conservative Presbyterian church that Linda and I grew up in, we were encouraged to memorize Scripture my encouragement as one of those takeaways this morning is that you would apply this to your heart, that you would memorize this passage of Scripture, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And if you did as a child, review it again. Memorizing Scripture is a plus when it comes to growth in grace in our knowledge of the Lord. Um, I'm in a group group in our discipleship with uh, three other men and we're memorizing scripture and it's been great for me once again to apply that scripture to my heart. Uh, David the psalmist said, your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So my first takeaway is an admonition and that admonition is to memorize this passage of scripture and if you say you're too old, You're not too old to memorize. You just have to put your mind to it. It says, don't be anxious about anything. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in the Lord Jesus Christ. The second of the takeaways is God's giving of his spirit calms our hearts today as it did for the disciples. The disciples didn't come into a reality of what this peace was all about until they realized that Christ had truly risen from the dead. The resurrection changed everything. The truth that Christ lived, died, and rose again, then sank deeply into their hearts that they would have the peace that passes all understanding. Uh, The question that you need to take away is, do you believe this? Do you really believe what the Word of God says, that you are in such a good position as a believer in Christ, that you may have peace no matter what the situation brings, no matter what the turmoil, no matter what the anxiety, no matter what. Uh, Will we fly on the 11th or won't we fly on the 11th? Let's pray together.